Okay, we are up to Nunham at base, two lines from the bottom, the two dots. So what the Gemara had just said was that there are four situations where you're chayiv bedini shamayim and you're potter bedini adam. So you're punished in shamayim for what you did, but you're technically going to be potter in dini adam. The reason being because all of them are considered gramas. They're not considered biadayim hezekim. They're not considered hezekim But you're chayiv bedini shamayim because it's not the right thing to do. The four categories were, we'll run through them, and the Gemara is going to talk about them today. One is you breach a wall, you break someone's, your friend's wall, and the animal goes out. So the animal gets lost or whatever, it does damage. You're not chayev for that because you didn't do anything to the animal, but you breached and the animal w- walked out. So you're chayev for that. Secondly, you're chayev for, for, bending, for bending the wheat towards the fire. Bending the wheat towards the fire and then the fire, and the fire uh, hops onto the wheat that you're chayev bedine shemayim, pata bedine adam. Again, the Gemara will analyze all these cases. The third case is where you hire... Uh, false witnesses to testify against someone else and then the person loses again it's a grama and the last one is you know testimony that could benefit someone and you don't all these four cases let's go through each one so the gemara understands that what the mishnah what this brisa means is that i breach the wall and the animal goes out i'm not chayev for the animal going out and i'm not chayev for breaking the wall Meaning, I'm, it sounds like your potter legamri from human court and chayiv entirely from heavenly court, not just on the animal, on the wall itself. So the Gemara says, why aren't you chayiv for the wall? I mean, that's not how you read it, but the Gemara understands that it says potter. That means I'm potter even for breaking the wall. Why am I potter for breaking the wall? I understand I'm potter for the animal getting out because I didn't do anything be a dying. The animal just walked out on its own. I was goyrim. I caused the animal to go out, but I didn't do a be a dime. But the wall I broke. Why am I not paying for the wall? So the Gemara says, Hey, Chidami, what, what's the case? If it's a healthy wall, why aren't you chayiv for the wall? So the Gemara says, The case is where it's a rickety wall that needed to go down anyway. That the court said you basically was dangerous. So the guy was going to take down the wall anyway. So you're not chayiv for taking down the wall because the guy was planning on taking down the wall anyway. And it seems funny, though, that you... you he, well, Dina Shemayim, for sure. Itim B'dini Adam is interesting because I could be like, I, 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 never told you to, I didn't tell you to take down the wall. The point is, there was a dangerous wall that, that was definitely on his docket to take it down. You just took it down without asking him. Well, no, that's what you're not high because it's it's a grama, it's a grama bechalal, it's a grama. Even if even if it was a healthy wall, it'd still be a, a potter from the animal. It's just a potter even for the wall itself. Okay, let's go back later. So basically, the situation is: there's a fire over there. I go to my friend's backyard. I push his grain towards the fire. Now the fire consumes it. I'm potter. Now here, here's the question: Was the fire going to go there? Like, what type of wind took it? So the Gemara says, hey, Chidami, what's the case? Let's say the, the, the grain, again, the situation is that without my action, it was not, not going to burn down. But because I did this, it caught fire. Again, I'm not chayi b'dini adam because it's not like I lit it, b'yadayim. I didn't start the fire, I just bent it. The question is, well, how did the fire get there? If it was from a regular wind, meaning it was so close that my actions caused it, that a regular wind, not a hurricane wind, a regular average wind brought the fire there. So the Gemara says, Because by you making it accessible to a regular fire, that's the equivalent of burning it down. Every time you start a fire, you, you don't, it's not like you take a coal and put it there. You start a fire, and the fire goes. 
You're high for anything that the fire will naturally do. So by me pushing the, the grain, if the fire now went based on a Ruach Metsuya, it was so close, what I did, that a regular wind would take it. I should be high Bedini Adam. So the Gemara says, El You're right, the case is where a regular wind couldn't take it. It was too far. But a hurricane wind took it. And the reason why you're Potter Medine Adam and Chai Bedini Shemaim is because you could say, I didn't anticipate that a hurricane wind was going to do it, and you're chayib b'dini shemayim, because what are you doing? Uh, we know what you're doing. In shemayim, they know what you're doing. Another very interesting uh, case, the Gemara has a different interpretation of what the case of the fire is. Uh, if you remember, if let's say you start a fire, and it burns down your field, you're chayib for the field, but if kalim are covered, due to a technicality in the pasuk, you're potter from kalim that are covered by grain. So here's what the guy did. The guy didn't push the grain towards. Here's what he did. The, the fire is coming. You started a fire. The fire is going to my field. It's going to burn down everything. You'll have to pay for everything. What Adam did, jerk move, he takes my tractor, covers it with, with, uh, with grain, rendering you potter. So your goyrim, that's the case. It's not that you, you didn't actually do anything to make it more flammable or anything like that, but you caused all my kalim to be covered, so now I can't get money from him. So you regard him that I can't get the money back. Okay? Another, uh, let's go to the next one. I hire false witnesses. Now, here's the question. Who am I hiring them for? Let's say the case is where I'm suing Adam for money. And I hire you guys as false witnesses to testify for me. Then I should pay. Because I got money because of this. So the Gemara says, If you're hiring false witnesses for yourself, to benefit yourself in your own court case, you should return the money that you got, that were ill gains, ill-gotten gains. The case is, no, the case is where I didn't do it for myself, I did it for someone else. Meaning, Adam is suing you, and I'm hiring false witnesses to help Adam. And now, so the, the point is, if the money is given to Adam, and Rashi explains that Adam's not around to return the money, you can't come to me for it, because it's too many steps removed. Okay, the last case is, I know testimony about my friend, and I don't, and I don't testify. What's the case? Here, here's the problem. You basically see from this Gemara, if you, if you walk away from that halacha, the halacha is that if I know testimony, let's say you guys are suing each other, and you're suing Adam, Adam's suing you for $1,000. I have testimony that will prove you're innocent. I don't testify. You lose, you pay $1,000. I don't have to give him money. You see from this Gemara, though, so you see from this Gemara, it's not a good thing to do. If you have testimony, you should testify. Here's the problem. Isn't that deraisa? Like, I don't need the braisa. It's a, it's a mafursha deraisa. The Gemara says, if we're talking about a case where me and someone else, can, me and Menashe both know the testimony, we both can testify. We could testify as two Adam, which will completely exonerate you. We choose not to. Oh, this Gemara says, What do you need this Gemara for? It's a Pasuk. The Gemara says, The Pasuk says, if he doesn't testify, he'll bear the guilt. The, the t- Pasuk already says this. So what do I need this braisa for? The case is, Elabachad. The cases where I'm a single witness. And I might think a single witness, well, what's the purpose of a single witness? What am I going to do? I'm not going to win anyway. The answer is, still testify, because it could start the process, it could lead, another witness could come out of the woodwork, the Rabbonim can reanalyze it, or something. maybe they could be Mechaev, the other person, to swear. It's not going to win the case, but it'll help. You see from this b'risa that merely helping is significant. The Gemara says, well, here's the question. You're telling me right now there are four cases that Yechai B'dina Shemaim. It sounds like in all of 
like the Torah. There's just four. That's not true. There's much more. Vesuleka, wait a minute. You're just telling me there's only four cases? I, I could name another five cases. The Gemara says, Ha'ika, we've had a couple of these already. Let's say I, I use the water of the Paraduma waters. I use it for personal gains. I wash my hands in Tilsidaim. The halacha is that if any malacha was done with it, it's possible. Am I going to have to pay for it? No, what did I do already? I didn't, I didn't. It's still there. It's right there. What did I do with it? But, but you passled it. Or, that's chai b'din yishamayim, potim b'din yadim. Or, um, I put poison in front of my fellows, uh, in front of my friend's dog. Dog eats it, dog dies. I said, well, wait, wait, why should I pay? I just put poison. I didn't tell him to eat it. Yichai b'din yishamayim, potim b'din yadim. Another one. You give a fire, you give a torch to a cherishite vikata, and the cherishite vikata burns it down. The problem is they can't get their money back from anybody. They can't get their money back from the cherishite vikata because the cherishite vikata is not responsible. They can't go back to you because you can say, I didn't do anything. The answer is, what are you giving them a torch for? All, all, another one. You frighten someone, you scream and you scare him, and he hurts himself. So because you didn't actually touch him, it's like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching little kids. I didn't touch you. So you can't kick. I'm not paying Nezek, Tzari, B'Shevus, and B'Shevus. But Chayb Dina Shemayim. That's another one. Oika, another one. Nishbara Kad Silka. I break a glass pitcher in Rishas Aravim. And they say, no, pick it up, clean it up. And I'm, no, I don't want to. And then someone steps on and hurts themselves. I was mafkarit. And we had this sugya once before, is that uh, it's, not, it's not considered a bar, whatever it is. The point is, I'm chayv b'din yishamayim. It's machlekes tanaim, but according to one tana, right? Rav Meir mechayv says according to the Rabbanon, you're only chayv in shemayim, not chayv down here. So why are you listing these four cases? It sounds like these are the only four cases. I just listed another five. Gemara says no, no, no. In mia ikatuva, there are many cases throughout Shas where you're chayv in heaven and potiv down here. These four cases are not the only cases. These four cases are a chiddush. Again, this is not what I would have thought. These four cases, the Chiddush is that you're Chai B'din Meaning, I could argue each one of these cases, I should be Potter Lit Gamri. I should be not even punished in heaven. The Chiddush of the Gemara is that these four cases are Chai B'din How so? I could think, if you, I mean, if you would have, each case, if you analyze on its own, I could look at each case and say, you know what? I don't even think he should be Chai B'din I think it should be completely exonerated. The Chiddush of this Gemara is Chai B'din Not that these are the only cases of Chai B'din that there are Chai B'din Why are each case a Chiddush? Let's go through each one. The first case is, I've reached a wall, and again, the case is where the wall you were going to take down anyway because it was dangerous. I knock down the wall, and then your animal gets out. The Gemara says, the reason why that's a chiddish is, I can tell you, listen, you're going to knock down the wall anyway. What do you, what do you bother? What, what did I do wrong? Because you should not knock down the wall without telling him. Even though it was supposed to be knocked down, it had a you know an order from the government, knock down the wall, it's dangerous, and you knock down the wall, and you're not exonerating yourself. The point of all these things is that everything that you did could be down here, like with human eyes, you could say, well, there's nothing wrong. Shemayim knows... Don't you, you shouldn't be doing this. That's the first case. The second case, I bent the flat, I bent the stalks, and we said the case is where it only reached there because of a hurricane wind. So 
I could say, well, how am I supposed to anticipate a hurricane wind? Kamash Vlon, you should not be messing with your friend's grain when there's a fire. The Gemara says, I could say, how, how am I supposed to anticipate a hurricane wind? Kamash Vlon, Kamash Vlon, no, you, you shouldn't be doing this. And Shemayim, they're going to say, you shouldn't be doing this. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. Now, if you remember, Rav Ashi had a different interpretation of that case. Rav Ashi's interpretation of the case is where you covered, you covered, there's a fire coming, and you ha- he's got a tractor, whatever, or a lawnmower, and you cover it with grain. When it's covered in grain, technically you can't, you can't get the money back. So how do you explain that? What's the chiddush in that? The Gemara says, the guy could say to the other guy, I was trying to protect it. I was covering it up with grain. I was trying to make it that the fire, I was trying to protect it from the fire. Kamash Mulan, Ravashi Dhamma, Nami Taman Itmar, Maudasemi, you might think the Khidish of the Gemara is that you're chayef. What's the Khidish? Because you might think, the guy can say to the other guy, I was covering it up, trying to, I was trying to protect it from the fire. Kamash Malan, what, what are you doing? Kamash Malan, uh, grain's not going to protect it from the fire, it's just going to hurt the guy. Third case is where you hired uh, false witnesses. No, well, what's the chiddush in that? You know what the chiddush in that is? I tell Gavin and Menashe, I'm, I'm paying you guys to, to lie about your court case. I could look at it as... Why, why should they listen to me? Right? What's the rule? Ein which means they shouldn't be doing this. They, 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 what's my punishment? They're going to ask Menashe Gavin, why'd you do this? He said, well, Avi asked this to. Well, God asked you not to. Meaning, you could argue that I should be completely exonerated because why should they listen to me? What did I do wrong? I'm pushing the boundaries, but they, they shouldn't listen to me. Divrei harav, divrei atalmet, divrei mishayimet. They should listen to Hashem and not to me. Well, why is that my fault? So the Gemara says, And the last one, is, the last one is, if you remember, the case is where I know a testimony that could help, let's say, Adam in his court case, and I don't testify. What's the chiddush in that? Even if I testify, I'm a single witness. All I'm going to do, I don't win the case. All I could do is it forces you to make an oath. But you could also lie. I mean, the point is, you could maybe argue that he shouldn't be chayved in because he could say to himself, listen, I didn't testify, not because I hate the guy, because what's a single witness going to do anyway? The most a single witness could do, let's say I know, you're, you're suing Adam for $1,000. I have testimony as a single witness that Adam is ex- completely innocent. And I testify. You know what it does? It doesn't make him win the case. It just makes it that you have to swear. If you want to lie, you could lie. Meaning... It's not, it's not so much. Kamash no, you're punished. Now, by the way, just Agav, um, very, very quickly, there's a Pardis Yosef, the Pardis Yosef has Sakasha. You see from this entire sugya that we're stricter in Shemayim than down here. Like, it's constantly, Potter down here, Chayim din Shemayim, Chayim din Shemayim, Chayim din Shemayim. There is a concept that's brought down by the first Rashi in Chayasara that down here you'll get the death penalty at 13, but you're only Chayim din Shemayim at the age of 20. So it's the exact opposite. Over there, we're lenient up to the age of 20. We're stricter down here than we are over here, but over here, we're stricter up here than we are down here. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a you know. So the Chassam Seifer famously said about the whole 20 thing, that he said, there's no Makar for it. And he said, the whole concept that 20 years old, that you're potter from till you're 20, because that was always a thing like, oh, don't worry, you're not 20 yet, you're not 20 yet. Chassam Seifer said, it's all Midrashim. 
It's a Rashi in the beginning of Chayasara, it's a Medrash and Shabbos, Peiches. It's all Midrashim, it's not Halacha, it's not brought down La Halacha. The only thing that Chassam Seifer does say is that we do find that by the Meraglim, the, the people that were under 20 didn't get punished. So he says that was because it wasn't a sin Ladiris, that was a special, it's not like it says in the Torah, don't listen to Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael. That was a one-time specific Avera, specific Avera is still 20. The Chassam Seifer didn't believe in the whole thing, but the point is if you do, it's a little bit of a, of a tricky thing. Okay, let's go back there. Now, Nifritza Belaylech or Pertua Listim. Okay, we had in the Mishnah that if, let's say, I have a, uh, I have a, a pen, I put my sheep in the pen, and the animal gets out um, due to an oinus, right? Like the wall, it's a good wall, and the wall just gets shot by lightning or whatever, I'm, I'm Potter. Says Amar Rabbah, Rabbah said a line that's very hard to understand what it has to do with that case. Rabbah says, Vuhusha Chatra. Rabbah says, the animal has to dig its way out. That's very strange. Meaning, what it seems to be like the case is, the wall, no matter how the wall gets open, the animal has to dig its way out. Now here's the problem. The animal digging its way out is strange. That's a shinoi, that, that's an onus. Right? Let's say you put up a perfectly good wall, and then your sheep digs onto the wall. Well, that's an onus. I'm, I'm supposed to anticipate a sheep doing this? Here's the problem with Rabashita. There's two cases in the Mishnah. I put up a good wall, and then lightning strikes it and knocks it down. A complete onus. Then why does the animal have to dig its way out? The animal could walk its way out. It's already an onus. Or, I didn't put up a good wall. I, I, I left the gate open. If I left the gate open, I was posheya, and then the animal dug out, that's called chilaso bipshia v'sofa bonus. You started with the pshia, right? I left the gate open, posheya. The animal didn't walk out the front door. Says Rabbi, it dug its way out. But Tchilaso Bashiv Sofa Bonus, according to many opinions, is Chayiv. So what's the difference? I mean, I mean what exactly is the Rabbi saying the animal if the animal digs its way out? I don't understand. If it's a good wall and it's an onus, digging its way out doesn't matter. And I, I'm a putter anyway. And if the and the door is wide open, it's Tchilasho Bashiv Bonus, Sofa Bonus of Chayiv. Digging its way out doesn't matter anyway. So well, what's the case where digging its way out makes a difference? So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, wait a minute. Let's say it didn't dig its way out. I just walked out the front door. Chayv, then it's chayv. What's the case? If the case is where I have a good wall and Mamish, an act of God, knocks the wall down, it's complete onus. Then why does the animal have to dig its way out? It's a complete onus. Oh, the case is where I put up a very bad wall. I was Poshea. I did not put up a good wall. So here's the oh. And the Gemara is saying, I put up a bad wall. I was Poshea. But the animal dug its way out. So I'm Potter. Why? It's an onus. But it's tchilaso v'pshia. It started with my negligence and ended with an onus. Tchilaso v'pshia himself of onus is a machlokas. If you hold that it's chayiv, then what does it matter whether the animal dug its way out or not? The Gemara says, So you're telling me, ah, it's potter because he dug its way out. Not necessarily. Because if the wall was not a good wall, if I left the gate open, I was posheya, and the animal happened to dig its way out under the gate. Tchilaso v'pshia, sova v'onus, it's chayiv. According to one opinion, the Gemara says, The answer is like this. No, 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 you're misunderstanding. When Rabbah said the case of the digging, he was actually talking to the end of the Mishnah. And then I'll say it outside, we'll see it inside. This is what he meant. The end of the Mishnah is like this. I leave my sheep in the sun, okay? The sheep goes nuts, runs out. I'm chayev. Why? Because you should not be leaving a sheep in the sun. So Rabbah meant, even if the sheep digs under the ground, meaning, here's the case, I left the sheep 
in the pen, but I left it completely. I forgot to put the shade on top. I left it in the sun. The sheep loses its mind and digs under the walls. The point is, you're chayiv. Why? You could say, what? It's dug under the walls. I was, the answer is, it's not, it's not considered an onus. It dug under the walls because it was bothered by the sun you left it in. So normally digging under the walls is considered an unnatural thing for a sheep to do. But over here, because you left it in the sun and there's no way for it to go, and the only way for it to go is to dig under, it's considered not an act of onus because it's directly related to your pshia. Huh? No. That's considered a straight-up pshia. A straight-up pshia. Because the, the, you're guarding, you did not do a good job guarding. Because you left it in the sun, that was not good. Ah, you're going to say, but, well, but who, who was to anticipate it, it, it digging under? The answer is, when you leave it in the sun, it's going to dig under. That's the point. That's how, act, that, that's how sheep act. So the Gemara says, El bari. The case is where you did a good wall. My Rabbah's concept was talking about the end of the Mishnah. That said, If you leave the sheep in the sun, Rav is saying that if you left it in the sun, even if it digs under, you're chayiv. Why? It dug under, it's considered onus. The answer is it's not an onus. When you leave it in the sun, it, it loses its mind. It's trying to get out of the sun, and it will dig out. So in that situation, it's a very normal action. It's not an onus. If it dug under, it's not It's not onus. Why? It's considered entirely pshia. My time, Adamerle made the yodas the kivan the shavka bechama called it stuck the disleim evet of the benafka because you know how sheep are that if you leave it in the sun, it will do whatever it can to get out of the sun, and if climbing and digging under the fence. That's a normal action in this circumstance. Let's keep going. Go to the next page. So the Mishnah said that if the listim take it, take the sheep, they're now responsible. Now the Gemara has like this. What's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? That the listim are now responsible. Okay. What's the case exactly? If the case is that the listim dragged the animal out, right, how do you steal a sheep? You go, you grab it. Now that's... If you look at Rashi, the first Rashi in the Amid, Rashi in the Amid says that Meshicha uh, Vishina Rishus. The rule is that if I change domains and I do an active acquisition, it's mine. So what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is that the listim are it's now theirs and they're responsible. Of course. They took it out with their hands. Of course, that's Mashiach. That's Mashiach and Shina Rishos. It's Pashat that, that it's theirs. What do you need a mission to tell me this? So the Gemara says, wait, Pshita, Kivan Dafku, since the robbers removed it with Mashiach, be a daim, Kaimala Bishusadhomili. It's it's of course it's theirs. That's not that's a standard rule of Geneva. That if you steal it with an active acquisition, you're responsible. We had it in Sukkah already. We've had it before. So what's the Khidish of the Gemara? Here's the Chiddush. The case is, Here's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is, the robbers never touched the sheep. This is what they did. They broke open the fence, and they had five robbers, let's say. They're all standing around the sheep, and they're just like, they're just blocking its way, and they force it to leave. You might think that because they didn't touch the animal. It's not their responsibility. Kamash Malon, leading an animal without touching it is also a form of, 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 of Kenyan. So the Gemara says, We had once in the name of Rav. Oh, let's say I bring my sheep and I stand it on Gavin's uh, uh, grass and it eats the grass or it ruins the grass. I'm Chayv. 
Of course I'm chayv. I took the sheep be a dayim and I left it there. Of course I'm chayv. I I didn't I didn't do it. It's just yeah yeah you did. You put it be a dayim. What's the chiddush in that? Maimid pshita. the case is I didn't actually touch my sheep. What I did was I stood in its path, blocked its way, forcing it to stand on his grass. That's considered an act ki'ilu. It's done be a dayim. Another explanation of the case of the Mishnah, Amr Abai Rav Yosef, Abai told Rav Yosef, we've had this many times, Rav Yosef uh, at some point in his life lost a lot of his memory. And therefore a lot of times he would say something and Abai would say, you taught us this. So Abai said to Rav Yosef, Hakisha Amr you don't remember what you told us? Again, the kasha was that if you actually dragged the sheep biyadayim, it's poshit. So the first answer is, you didn't touch it, you just blocked its way. Another answer that Rav Yosef had originally said is Hakisha, you hit the sheep. In the cases, you didn't drag it, you tapped it on the tush, and it ran. The chiddush is, hitting a sheep is considered meshicha. Okay. V'lisdenami kishua. Fine. Okay, let's go weiter. The Mishnah then said a cryptic line, and that said that if you give the sheep to the shepherd, the shepherd is responsible. Well, what's the case? So, push it. The Gemara says, Amri tachtav deman, ilem etachtav Very simple. The case is like this. I have a sheep. I give it to a shepherd. They used to have people that they would like, uh, you pay them, and they would, like dog walkers, but for sheep. They would shepherd, they would shepherd the, the sheep. Now, if that's the case, the chiddush is, I, I have a sheep, my sheep, I give it to Gavin, Gavin's the local shepherd, he's responsible. And the chiddush of the Mishnah is that when you hand it over to the shepherd, the shepherd's responsible. It's poshit. Of course the shepherd's responsible. I already know this. That If I give it over to a shemachinam, a shemachachar, a shoyal, a soicher, they're responsible. I already know this. We had this already in the Masechta. The Gemara says, Tanina Chadazimna, I already had this once. The Mishnah said, Masru, this was a Mishnah, uh, I don't know, about two weeks ago. Masru shemachinam, a shoyal, a shoyal, a soicher, kolm nechuzutachaz abaylim. Of course, of course the Yisra says, it's poshit. The answer is, here's the case. It's not what you thought. You thought the case was that I own a sheep and I give it to Gavin to watch. That's not the case. Here's the deal. I give the sheep to Adam to watch and then Adam gives it to Gavin. The chiddush is Gavin's responsible. Adam is not responsible. Meaning I give the Shemir A and then Shemir A gives it to a, a Roya and the chiddush is that Shemir A is no longer responsible. Now that is called Shemir Shemaser L'Shemir which we had is not such a slam dunk that it's okay. Because I'll be honest with you, if I give, let's say go with this case, I give Adam my, my, my Buick Century to watch. I don't trust that with just anybody. And then he gives it to Gavin, and then something happens. Oh, the Chiddush of the Gemara is Gavin's responsible, not Adam. I could see Adam being responsible. Why? Because I could say, I could say to Adam, I never told you to give it away. I trusted you and no one else. And the Gemara specifically said, it happens to be also with the Shimer, it's not just trust. They, they would have to make an oath. I don't know if he's going to, he's a liar. Of course he's a liar. I've always known that he's a liar. So, th- therefore, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't trust. I did this, not if what daf? No. no. The point is, so the Gemara is saying, Anasen, you're telling me the Chiddush is that if the Shemir A gives it to the Roya, Shemir A is exempt. That's called Shemir Shemas Shemir. That's a Machlaikas. So the Gemara says, Shemir Kama Ifta Lagamri, Rava. Now it's not like Rava. Dama Rava, Shemir Shemas Shemir Chayiv. Rava feels that if a Shemir A gives it to Shemir B, Shemir A is responsible. Because who is he to give it away? I, I, the owner, don't anticipate him giving it away, and it's not his right to do so. The Gemara says, here's the case. You know what the case is? The case is, I give it to Adam, 
What, what do we think the case is? I give my sheep to Adam, who's a Shomer. He gives it to Gavin, who's a Roya. And Adam is Potter. And only the Roya is Chayev. Wait a minute. Why Adam should be Chayev, because who said that he has the right to do this? I didn't tell him he could do this. Here's the case. The case is where Adam is not just a Shomer. He is an expert Roya. And he is giving it to Gavin, his apprentice, a Barziloi, a Barzilei, whatever, which is the apprentice. Meaning, my issue with giving it from Shemer A to Shemer B is I, the owner, never thought he would do this. I gave it to Shemer A thinking it would stay at Shemer A. All of a sudden, Shemer A gives it to Shemer B. I didn't anticipate that. The answer is that's not the case here. The case is I gave it to the, uh, the, the expert, Roya. He then gave it to the shepherd who is his apprentice, which is very common and very normal. I knew that would happen. Therefore, this is not a standard case of Shemesh Hamasa Shemesh. Standard case of Shemesh Hamasa Shemesh, you might have a taina that you could be upset that you gave it over because I trusted you, I didn't trust him. Over here, I give it to you, I know you're not going to do it. You're the expert roya, you're not wasting your time. You're going to give it to your apprentice. It's understood that you're going to do this. Therefore, in this case, only the second one is Chayev and not you. And I don't have a taina on you because I know that's the standard practice in the shepherding world. The Gemara continues, Ikadamri, some have a, the same back and forth, but instead of a kasha and a teretz, they have a statement and then an attempted proof. The Gemara, at this point, this version, understands Pasha. The case is where I gave it to the expert who gave it to his apprentice. Because it's very normal. Aval... But if it was a regular case of Shemesh Shemesh Shemesh, it would be Potter. This is a proof of Rava. The Gemara responds, no. Perhaps it doesn't have to be specifically this case of an apprentice. Really, every Shemesh 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 is Potter. Why did it pick the case of apprentice? Because we're talking about a shepherd and that's normal. But it could be, it would stam the halacha, would apply to every Shemesh Shemesh Shemesh. Okay, a few more lines. This is one of the most famous Gemaras in all of Shas. And that is, what is a Shemer Aveda? Right? We have a Shemer Chinam is unpaid watchman. He is the least responsible. You have a borrower, very responsible. A Seicher, and then you have a Shemer Sacher, a paid watchman. If you're a paid watchman, you are somewhat responsible, somewhat not responsible. You're responsible for Pshia and Gezela at Geneva Aveda, but you're Potter from Einstein. Some responsibility, some not. The question is, what if so that's a paid watchman and an unpaid watchman? What if you found a lost object? and you're watching it because Hashem said you should watch it, what is your status? Are you an unpaid watchman, or are you considered a paid watchman in halacha? Now, why would you be considered a paid watchman? You're not being paid by this. So the Gemara says, this is the famous teaching of Rav Yosef, as we'll see in a moment. Itmar, Shemir Aveda, if you're watching a lost object, so you find, you find the talus on the floor, and now you, you pick it up, you take it home, you have to fold it every day, so you're spending a little bit of time each day. While you're watching it, what is your status? Rabba Amar Shemachinadami. Rabba says, well, you're not being paid, so you're an unpaid watchman. Rav Yosef Amar Shemachinadami. Rav Yosef says, no, you're considered a paid watchman. Why are you paid? Now, what benefit? Paid means you get money. You get money. I'm not getting paid to watch this lost object. How am I getting paid? Rabba says you're an unpaid watchman because you're not getting paid. Rav Yosef says, no, you're considered a paid custodian. Why? Because the rule is that so while you're busy dealing with the lost object. Now, this is not the whole day, but there might be 
three minutes a day where you're dealing with the lost object. I'll give you an example. If you lost, if you found a Sefer Torah, the halacha was back then they would roll the Sefer Torah every once in a while to make sure that it wouldn't get uh, mildewy and what. So let's say every two days you have to roll the Sefer Torah of the lost object. Takes you three minutes. Every two days, you have three minutes that you're working on it. While you're doing that, you're considered doing a mitzvah. Osik be mitzvah, potermin a mitzvah. If during those three minutes, a poor man knocks on the door and you would normally have to give him tzedakah, you don't have to give him tzedakah. Osik mitzvah, potermin mitzvah. Boom, you just got paid. That's, that's the payment that you're getting. The payment is that while you're doing the mitzvah of watching, you do not have to give tzedakah. Again, it's not, I mean, how common. By the way, if you find a sheep, that could be, that could be some time. That could, that could be some time, but you're right. It's, it's, not, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> it's maybe a dollar, a couple days. But that's, that's the payment. Now, and we'll end with this. Some have a slightly different version. Rav Yosef says you're considered a paid watchman. Why? Why? He says, you want to know why you're considered a paid watchman? Unpaid watchman implies that you had a choice. Right? When you're unpaid, it's like you could do this, you, you don't have to. A paid watchman, it's like sort of you're compelled to do this because of the money. Over here, you're compelled because of God. So he doesn't, Rav Yosef doesn't feel comfortable calling you an unpaid watchman because unpaid watchman implies that it's completely up to your choice. Over here, it's not your choice. You're compelled to do so. Not because of money, but because of God, and therefore you have the status of Hashem Sacher, which we will talk about tomorrow. My pleasure. Welcome back. Thank you very much.